Welcome to the Fill Your House with Books podcast, where we talk about Christian and wholesome children's books and all things family discipleship. Hello, everyone. Happy Christmas time. Happy holidays to everyone. I am really excited to be talking all things Christmas with you today. I have a stack of books in front of me. Honestly, it's always really challenging for me to pick out books because I think, yeah, I'll just talk about three or four books. I think I have eight here in front of me and I just honestly had to stop myself because there's so many books that come to mind um, that I want to introduce to you guys and um Yes, so today is going to be all about Christmas. I don't know where you live, um, how your holidays, how your December, your Advent season has been, but I just want to encourage you and tell you that the Lord is near and that's my favorite part of Christmas is to remember and meditate on the birth of Christ and His coming into this world and It seems like every year there's new aspects that the Lord sort of illuminates to me. Studying the scripture, even just through children's Bibles. I don't mean necessarily long, um, large Bible studies, even though I love those. But I really just mean the simple truths of His coming to this world. How precious and wonderful and life-giving all of it all of it is. Um, it's just wonderful. So it's it's amazing that wherever we live, we as believers, um, as Christians, we get to remember and celebrate His coming. So yes, me personally. So I am in Florida. In Florida, as you all know, um, it does not get very cold, even though everybody is looking forward. Some people might be terrified of it, but most people are looking forward to it um, cooling down quite a bit for the holidays. Apparently, it's going to be below below the 40s even, so we're going to have some colder weather here too and might as well get a scarf and a hat out. Besides that, though, just these past weeks, we needed to use sunscreen. So just so you know, it was definitely sunscreen weather here the past couple of weeks, even just, you know, for going to the beach and all that, we definitely needed to use that. The sun was quite strong. So you probably can imagine that it's not as easy to feel Christmassy, whatever that means, when the weather is so different. Um, So I don't know how many of you know that, but I was born... In Germany, I'm all German, um, and I I was raised there. I lived there. I spent all my life there until I moved to America for some time, our first years of marriage, and then actually my husband, who is um, American, he's a Floridian. Um, all of us, so um, our children and my husband and I, we spent six years of our married life in Germany. And so, yeah, I haven't spent that many Christmases in Florida yet, in America, and not many Christmases without my biological family. Um, so I definitely do miss them quite a lot. 
Um, and what I had on my heart to talk about today was a couple of Christmas traditions. That's something that so many friends ask me about and I'm personally very interested in Christmas traditions as well and traditions in general, but it's just so precious to hear how families celebrate um, what faith traditions we have and really how different cultures are. Um, me coming from Germany and also especially the time that we lived there with my American husband was very unique too because I sort of saw everything and experienced everything through different eyes not so much as a German and European but almost through his eyes and I saw like the Lord just really showed me how unique and wonderful certain things are and you know to not take it for granted anymore I guess living in a certain place and um, but to really see wow this is special this is great to um, to just learn about different cultures and see different places and experience different just landscapes and all of that so those six years we spent over there, we actually traveled quite a bit too. And we're just really interested in the different cultures. And honestly, the more I learn about the different cultures and countries, languages, customs, the more I feel like I don't really know anything. I don't know if you can relate, but that's really how it seems. Um, the more you get into studying different countries, geography, cultures, it just seems like there's so much more opening up. You just want to dig into it and learn more. I'm so, we're so interested in our family, so interested in how people live in different countries. And yeah, Christmas is just one of those things where honestly, even within Germany as a country, there's many, many different traditions. Um, kind of like within the United States of America, there's different traditions, maybe not so much Christmas, but different customs or cultural aspects to the South or the Northern, um, the, the East Coast states or the, um, you know, the different areas of the United States. And in Germany, it's quite similar. So there's even different terms for um, certain dishes in the northern part of Germany compared to the southern part, Bavaria, which is what most Americans know about or have seen pictures of, is Bavaria, which is actually just um, a little German lesson here. It's, it's actually just one of the 16 states. So Germany is also divided up into 16 states, even though it looks so tiny on the globe, right? We have this globe that we do morning time with. Um, or that we, you know, include in our morning time and we have little geography cards and we just like kind of, you know, teaching but like in a playful way. Okay, where is the Eiffel Tower? Okay, what city? It's Paris. What country? It's France. And what continent? Europe. Just to kind of gain that understanding. Honestly, because that's something I want to grow in and I'd love for my kids to just sort of feel like they know a little bit about the world. Also, like where's the Amazon rainforest? Where's the China the Great Wall of China and all of those things so it's always so so just it just makes me smile to think about how small Germany really is there on the map and especially Europe it looks so small on the globe and just to imagine that all these different countries have very distinct cultures very distinct languages obviously and and growing up in Germany honestly we do feel European but also we know that like Austrians or French people or Italian people, they seem to be completely in their own country, in their own world, which they are. But I'm just trying to to just give you an idea of what it feels like to live in another, like in a European country, even though it's all so close together and sort of close, especially when you live in Germany. The countries are all very close, like Scandinavia is up north and in the south we have 
all the warmer Mediterranean countries like France and Spain and Italy. And we have several countries there to the east as well. And still it's very, it's very unique. It's very, there's very unique traditions to every country. One thing that I wanted to share with you guys, one of my favorite, um, I guess you can say customs, traditions or um, events that takes place in Germany is actually f also taking place in other European countries, even though it seems like Germany is sort of known for it the most. But what it is, it's called a, a Christmas market. So sometimes I see in America there are, um, you know, in some cities they would also host a market like that and they sometimes call it Christkindlmarkt, which means, um, how do I translate that? Um, Christ market, basically, Christ child market. It's kind of a way that in, in um, Bavaria, that's the way it's called oftentimes. But really Christmas market is what they're traditionally called. And those markets... Um, basically take place the whole month of December and usually they close down right before Christmas, literally the day before Christmas. And what it looks like is just picture a downtown, um, picture a little walking area for pedestrians and then picture many little booths, like little houses. They look like tiny little wooden huts. In best case, they look very pretty. And then just picture them all standing next to each other. And in each little booth, you can purchase something different. So it's a mix of food and drink items as well as handmade things. Um, kind of the traditional foods would be roasted almonds and cashews, things like that. Um, then you also find these chocolate fruits that are really, really delicious. So chocolate-covered bananas or apples or strawberries. Those were always my favorite as a child. Um, and then you also have crepes, which is a big thing. It's a French, very thin sort of pancake that can be filled and rolled together. And it's delicious. And you can just picture it sort of like the food truck festivals that they have here in Florida. I don't know if they're anywhere else in the States. I'm assuming so. Sort of like that, just much cozier. And usually that the booths all have a similar style. So it really, you feel like you're in a different world um of course then too it starts getting dark in germany quite early so it's probably overcast most of the day so sort of cozy anyways from morning time on but it starts getting dark really at 4 30 so many people go there when it's dark and then you find lots of little lights and stars and decorations and christmas trees um, as far as handmade things that you can purchase there, you will see lots of little wooden things. Very amazing how people carve figures or um, little little dolls or houses that people can buy. Um, there's many, many um, booths that sell also like dinner sort of food. So I'm not sure if you've heard of Bratwurst, which is basically like a sausage in a, in a bread bun, um, typically with mustard and ketchup on top. It's a typical thing. You can kind of say like a hot dog, but it's just much different. It's a different type of bun, a different type of meat. But that's kind of how you can picture it as far as like a snack. And usually with fries, fries are quite famous and popular in Germany as well. 
Um, yeah, there's a couple of more unique ones, and that's the cool thing too. Wherever you go in Germany to Christmas markets, there will be unique characteristics. So it really depends on the area you're going to. So I would love to visit some in like the little villages in Bavaria and the mountains. I find the smaller ones sometimes have a different kind of charm to them. So when you go to Frankfurt, which is a very big town, um, it's large and it can be if you go there for whatever reason I wouldn't recommend it but if you end up going there on the weekend <laughs> then it's gonna be crowded um, kind of like going to a concert almost but if you go compared to that if you go to like a little one there might just be in the little villages ones with just like 20 little houses and they're quite small and when they're that small they will probably not take place all of December but rather just one or two weekends of December so this is a very precious tradition. We all love that. Of course, in the time of December, it's very cold in Germany, depending on the region and whether it might also be snowy. One thing that um, in my town that I'm from, it's called Gießen in the center of Germany, what they started adding a couple years ago was like an ice skating ring. So a man-made, um, so there wasn't an actual lake there, but they just had a bigger area that they transformed into an ice skating ring so of course that made it all a little bit more whoo christmas time even though there might not be snow falling but you could just basically um, rent ice skates or uh, skating shoes or bring your own um very very sweet and it's also something i remember as a teenager coming home from or you know leaving school usually just stopping by and walking over and looking at the booths with friends before i would go home so this is a very, very favorite tradition of mine. Um, starting with books, one big thing in Germany, since I'm talking about my home country today, is the author Astrid Lindgren. She's a Swedish author, but I would say she is probably one of the few children's book authors in Germany that everybody knows. Like I would say grandparents, parents, children... Everybody has heard of her stories. The most famous one in Germany, and I, was, I feel like in America as well, would be Pippi Longstocking. Um, but there are many, many more. And I recommend, I have not personally read all of them. Because, you know, every child kind of grows up with a couple of them. I guess the ones that their own parents preferred. So some of her stories, I only started getting into being a mom myself, which has been so special too. But Astrid Lindgren, um, my favorite Christmas book that she wrote is called Children of Noisy Village. Which is funny because the title of that town in, in German is called Bulabu. So it's very cute. That's how we call it in Germany. There's this book with that title, The Children of Noisy Village. And then um, Christmas Time in Noisy Village is the book that I actually have here in front of me right now. The illustrations are just so gorgeous. And um, it's a book that you can, it's also available in English. That's why I wanted to introduce it to you guys. And the illustrations show so much of their Christmas traditions in Sweden. It's inspiring. It's beautiful. And of course, you find Christmas trees. They're also hanging little handmade ornaments on the trees. It's really much about family time and ministering to others. It's not a Christian, quote unquote, Christian book, but it's beautiful to read. I highly recommend it. As you know, on Fill Your House with Books, I recommend Christian as well as wholesome books that we can use as Christian parents. Um, there's caroling in this book you can also see them transport um, a tiny Christmas tree on like a sled so Scandinavia is m higher up so much more in the north 
It's right above Germany, basically. There's Denmark, and then comes Sweden, Norway, Finland. And so they have much, like, much more snowy winters than we do. And also, I know in Norway, in the very most northern part of Norway, there's not any um, sun in the wintertime. So it stays dark much longer, and it's just gorgeous reading about their childhood. It's, it's a picture book. Um, but it's, it's long, it's with lots of details, you see the children, where they live, where they spent their winter time, also I want to say, this is not a book that you will only read in Christmas time, this is a book that you will enjoy any day, any time, um, you see just beautiful pictures of children living their life together, which is kind of the, the whole part of this story here, is that noisy village is basically three families, um, living close together and really having horses that carry and pull their sleighs and I don't know what exact time this is supposed to be but definitely many years ago so you really see them cook and bake here for others and it's lovely so high high recommendation for this one I'm going to be putting the titles in the um in the podcast notes as well um a couple more titles that I'll try to go through a little bit quicker here because I know I just sort of lose myself looking at these gorgeous books. Jacob's Gift by Max Locato is a beautiful story that's, um, it's a Christmas story. I have an edition that actually has um, a DVD in it. I wasn't able to find that one online, but I highly recommend the book nonetheless. It's a beautiful story it's about this sweet boy called Jacob who is really good at wood carving and so his rabbi it, it's in the time um, of Jesus's birth that's when it plays and his um, rabbi is encouraging him to use his gift and so God has his way of using him in a very special way so Jacob's gift of woodworking is actually going to be playing a part in the birth of Jesus in this wonderful story so I highly recommend that for younger children already, but my seven-year-old also thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, another book that is also very, very sweet, a Christmas tale that I highly recommend already for the toddler stage. We have a board book edition, but it also exists in um, hardback maybe even paperback. It's called Room for a Little One, A Christmas Tale by Mar Martin w Waddle. Waddle, not sure how to say that name. Um, really, really cute story basically about the animals in the stall getting ready for the arrival um, of a very special king. And um, yeah, just beautiful how baby Jesus is born and how we can just use these books. Again, you know how I always share about books being tools in our hands as parents for connecting with our children, which this really is the key of everything is us reaching our children's hearts. So these stories will just create a very warm, cozy environment of yeah, just digging deeper into what it actually means that the Lord came and became a baby and all those things, whatever it is you have on your heart to teach your children. The book is not the main teacher. It can be a wonderful teacher um, to our children, but only we are the main teacher. So we decide what we put into this treasure chest, like Sally Clarkson always calls it, the, our children's minds, our children's hearts. Um use books that are wholesome that have wonderful values and that will just show our children how special 
um, and how wonderful it is that the Lord came to this earth and what it actually means too. So I think it's very much necessary that we use the full gospel message and really talk about that we needed a savior and so jesus came into this dark place and obviously also how it's all connected to him dying on the cross for us pray that the lord would show you how to instruct your children there is not one way to do this the lord will know when it is the right time to share the gospel message with your children um, don't be discouraged if a book you feel like is not quote-unquote deep enough. Um, what you should be concerned with is if there's false teaching in it. So if, if it was going to say something like um, uh, basically playing it down that the Lord came or that we did not really need a Savior or whatever. If it twists the truth of the Word of God, it's not a good book. But if it's a book that's just more simple in its language because it's maybe aimed to be more understandable for toddlers then you can always as parents just use it as a starting point and add whatever message you have on your heart however you want to share with your children what it means to follow the lord what it means to like in the case of the book of jacob's gift what does it mean to prepare our hearts for the lord to prepare gifts for the lord like we say in christmas time christmas is all about celebrating jesus and giving him a gift what does the lord put on your heart as the mom as the dad as the the people that the lord entrusted your child to um another book that i want to introduce to you guys is called the christmas promise i have shared on um my fill your house with books instagram and facebook page i've shared a lot about this book and basically, um, it's a wonderful Christmas story account. It's called The Christmas Promise by Alison Mitchell. Um, it's part of the tales that tell the truth stories, which is amazing. They're just illustrated, just really, really fun and beautiful. And they make you think. I really love the way that they write. They write in a very, very engaging way. For instance, I just opened up a random page, sort of towards the end of the book. It says, and do you know what this king's name is? His name is, and then on the next page, Jesus. So I love books also, especially for our younger children that engage them. And when, when picture books include questions like that, it just makes you think automatically. You just start, you just start um, thinking and considering. Um, this book is just wonderful, really talking about the star, the shepherds, all these aspects. And so I highly recommend that one. Also, all the tales that tell the truth books are wonderful, very much worth owning, simply so that you can read them over and over again. Your library might have them. I'm not sure. Um, that's kind of hit or miss with Christian titles. But you can always request your library to purchase books and suggest books to your library. Of course, donate them to your library too. That's also a cool idea. Um, let's switch to more of classical books here. The classic Christmas tales. The Nutcracker also shared that one several times on my page. There's so many versions. So I have a couple of them. But my favorite is um, the Nutcracker from the Storybook Orchestra books. No, Story Orchestra. That's what it's called, the Story Orchestra. Um, there should be about six or seven titles in that series by now. And basically what it is, is it's a book that has um, music in it. And it's not just your little 
little la 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 note, but it's really long pieces of music, originally from the actual Nutcracker um, music um, by Peter Tchaikovsky. So it's wonderful. There's like, I think, 12 pages in it that are gorgeously illustrated. It's quite large as well. And on every page, you have a note, little note picture to press on and to push, and you will hear wonderful music. Additionally, on the very last page, you will find instruction, and you will go deeper into the meaning and um, the details of music. You will hear and read what the actual notes, what names they have in the orchestra. You will learn about different terms terminology that are part of the book and you will also find information on the author um the composer i mean i'm sorry the composer is peter tchaikovsky so in this book for instance you have quite a few paragraphs about his life and um yeah just dig deeper again we have talked about book schooling book schooling basically the art of learning through books learning all together and just having a cozy family intimate space where we can learn through books and my goal is to introduce you all to books that you can use in your family as you are serving the Lord and desiring to have good content and books that draw your children closer to the Lord and your faith and also books that will just enrich their minds and um, and let's say the Nutcracker there's so many different versions and so my goal is really to to introduce something to you that your family can use. Other ones in this um, story orchestra series that we've really loved are Swan Lake, um, The Sleeping Beauty, and The Four Seasons. There are a couple others that I, there's also the Carnival of the Animals, and there's, it seems like there's always a new one coming out. I love that the series is just growing like that high recommendation there are they are a little more pricey so you can try to find those used but um my biggest thing is always I try to find them on sale so just now as I'm recording this I'm not sure but the last couple of days um I saw several in that series on a very very good price they were I think like 30% off so most books I personally purchase used and that's also for another podcast episode I'll be talking more about that how I actually buy books and how you can fill your house with books and actually still not overspend every month because there are just so many wonderful books and buying used is my go-to. But with those books, you just honestly don't know how well they've been used prior to being sold used. So I don't know if I would take the risk of the music being close to being damaged, basically, unless you know the sellers personally and they just didn't need the book anymore or something like that. But I would recommend you getting a book with music new um, just because that would be sad to still... That actually happened to me. Um, I have actually purchased one before and the music didn't last long. Yeah, so... So much for the Nutcracker by the Story Orchestra, the Story Orchestra series. Now, before I forget about that, one of my absolute favorite series and chapter book as well as picture book um, form is the Little House series. And that's also something I loved hearing from all of you when I shared on Fill Your House with Books, when I shared those picture books. So many of you did not did not know of those books, but you were really eager to hear about them. And so the Little House picture books are um, not just some simplistic um, um, 
uh, illustrated versions with just a couple of words on them, but basically you find the original text alongside gorgeous illustrations by um, Renee Graff. And so the two books that I have here in front of me are called Sugar Snow, Winter Days in the Big Woods is the second one. And then we also have Christmas Time in the Big Woods or Christmas in the Big Woods. They're gorgeous. Once your child is um, basically one year old, I would always start very, very young. You can read these books to them. Um, and the pictures are wonderful. You will just be able to introduce them to the wonderful family there of Laura, Mary, Carrie, Pa and Ma and their life out there. Um, also, there's many fun things to find actually um, that revolve around Little House. So one thing I have here in front of me I wanted to introduce to you as well is called My Little House Christmas Sticker Book which is really, really cute idea. I'm a really big fan of reusable stickers as far as activities. So many parents ask, um, what can I do? My child seems to be not listening when I read aloud to them. I recommend you, of course, training them in the habit of attentiveness and all of that and, and trying to grow, but still that attention span, it won't just be there. And for many children, it's very hard to sit still and listen. Some of your children might really enjoy it. Like my daughter, she just enjoyed doing that. She didn't really need other activities, but I don't think that it's wrong at all for our children to get their hands busy with something as we read to them. And also, I've heard on the Read Aloud Revival podcast, I remember years ago hearing about fidgeting and how there was actual proof, scientific proof, some sort of studies that many children, they can listen better and understand and grasp what's being read to them better if they move their hands or even their whole bodies. So sticker books are obviously great motor skill activities. This one here has two sheets um, of reusable stickers. So they can be placed here, placed there, just so much fun, just gorgeous. And what's fun too is you have a pa and a ma. No, wait, you have Laura and Mary and then I'm not sure... Oh yeah, I see. Okay, the Santa Claus. I wasn't sure who it was, but you can actually, there's little dolls, there's little animals, and you can um, set the table in the book. You can um, have some Christmas decorations up, and obviously that would be great for reading Little House aloud or listening to the audiobook and just handing your child this as a little maybe early Christmas present, um, but I'm pretty sure if your children like stickers at all, which it seems like all children do, then they will probably want to play with this even after Christmas because it's a lot of fun. You could also get it and um, just get it out every Christmas season. It's beautiful. It's the same illustrations that you find in the Little House picture books. Um, yes, and if you are looking for just a little book with a shorter story but you just want to as a gift I'm thinking if you want to share with maybe family who are not believers yet or you want to spread the good news of Christmas with children that you have on your heart I highly recommend the book called The Christmas Surprise by Steph Williams which was also published by the Good Book Company that also publishes the Tells It Tell the Truth. It's a very, very sweet Christmas story that's funny. It's just written. It's just honestly very funny, but it doesn't compromise on the storyline itself. And I would just get a bigger stack of those. It's actually part of a series I saw. So there's a, it's apparently a series. It's called Little Me, Big God. And they're, they're smaller paperbacks. So they're really fun, even like sort of like stocking stuffer 
um, size. They're really fun to just give away and share the good news of Christmas with anyone else you have on your heart, any children that you want to evangelize and just share the good news of Jesus. So yes, that was a lot of books again. I would love to hear your favorite Christmas books. Um, which books do you like reading for yourself? Or which books do your children really enjoy? Um, also traditions, so interesting. What what traditions does your family have for Christmas time? I love sharing with you about the traditions that I grew up with. Or um, mainly the Christmas markets, which which is my absolute favorite tradition over there. Um, there's so much more to share with you guys, but um, the main thing I wanted to um, yeah, just encourage you all with is that use this Christmas season to connect with your family and to, um, I think one thing the Lord has really been showing me is that we can overcomplicate things. So we can hear the word family discipleship or family devotion and we can feel like, okay, yes, that's amazing. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to next week when I'm not as busy, I'm going to check out how to do this. I'm going to make a plan and it's going to be perfect. And so what happens oftentimes is that it won't happen in this case so if we aim for perfect this is something jamie erickson talks talks about in her homeschool bravely book that i'm reading right now if we aim for perfection it might never happen and it actually keeps us from going any further and the sentence that i still remember how she said it um, or how i read it was imperfect progress is still progress so just snatch your children and, and get them to the living room and um, you and your husband share with them even just grab your own bible and read the christmas story with them sing a song that um, one of these beautiful hymns that talks about the birth of christ and his coming and, and our savior redeeming us and even there it does not need to be perfect just start start somewhere start with the habit start with that tradition bake some cookies or whatever it may be, make a plan and have this get together with them and just make Christmas all about celebrating Jesus and your family. It's so easy to be overly busy and I can definitely relate to that. But I want to encourage you, start today. It does not need to be perfect. What our children will remember is that we spend time with them and that we love them. And what they also though remember and what they notice is when we're too busy to be with them. And oftentimes in our hearts, we want to do things, but we just procrastinate it. But what our kids really need is just us being present. So I, I saw this um, quote and I love it. It's, it's said very simply, presence over presence so you can imagine this is just sticks and it, it's an everyday thing even that you won't just be perfect at that at living that out as a mom but with the holy spirit's help we can make progress imperfect progress but it's progress it's still progress so be encouraged today parents you are dedicated to your children and the lord is the one that works it in us so without him, we are nothing, but with him and us, we can do those things. We can instruct our children and we can share just the simple things that the Lord has taught us. We can share with them. We do not need a degree to disciple our children. We do not need to be perfect because we will never be to teach our children. And all that the Lord needs is that we are surrendered to Him and that we are obediently walking with Him step by step and that we abide in Him. And our children will see that and they will want to follow along. 
So don't aim per- for perfection this Christmas, but be encouraged that the Lord is with us. He has come, He has redeemed us, and He is willing and desiring to redeem every single day of our lives. Bye bye.